0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Before we get, to, before we get going too much tonight, I want to I wanna, I wanna say something. I don't, I don't know if you guys realize or not. Um, what kind of pastor you have. If you don't realize it, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. And uh, I know if I said this when he's here, it'd make, it would make Pastor Tommy uncomfortable. The no, reason I'm going to try sneaking in when he ain't here, because um, I, I don't want to um, say anything that would make him uncomfortable or anything like that. But guys, you better honor him. You have absolutely got a man of God yeah. for your pastor. Yeah. And um, I hadn't known him long. As, as, as soon as I met him, I knew there was something special there. And um, I told him one night over at Harmony, first time I met him, I said, I want to get to know you. <laughs> there are very few men left out there in this world or in this county. Take the stand that that Tommy takes. That's Amen. Right. That's right. And I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal anything crazy or, or out of line or anything like that at all. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I just want to take a minute tonight and just um, give him the respect and, and the honor that, that, that I feel that he deserves. Of being a man of God that he is. Um He preaches truth. He he preaches straight. He has a burden and a brokenness for you and for this church. And guys, I know a lot of y'all have been in this church for a long time, and praise God for that. But let me tell you something. It ain't that way in the majority of churches, even in this county. I'm not talking about the country. I'm talking about local churches around here. A lot of places is just a job and men operate out of insecurity and, and and a lack of respect and just all kinds of crazy I, I could write you a book on stuff i've seen and lived through and dealt with and and even some of my own mistakes in that and and um i, I just wanted to pause for a minute tonight and, and brag on our pastor Amen. and guys don't you don't you forget it you you honor him because he he, he's worthy of that Amen. for the stand that he takes and the time that he spends with our Lord to hear from him, to feed the flock. You know, one of the most dangerous places and positions in this world today, or all through time, when we come before the behemoth seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, listen, it's not the the, the, the sinners out there, the hell-bound pagans, the, the atheists and those guys, listen, their, their payment is coming and, and all of those things. But the, the person who's going to suffer, I believe, the toughest judgment are the pastors. You think today the pastors out there today that have painted up the bride of Christ, painted her up like a prostitute, and paraded her out for the world to, to look at, Google at them, to Google them to cast their eyes upon, them. made a mockery and a joke of the bride of Christ, what do you think judgment is going to be upon those men? Thank God for a pastor like Tommy Boyd. Let's pray tonight. Father, God, as we come to you tonight, I pray tonight, Father, that you would prepare our hearts, God, to hear from you. Father, I pray tonight that you'd help me to get out of the way. And Holy Spirit, that you'd have your way to lead and to guide tonight. I pray that your word, Father, would be preached tonight. And Father, starting with me, God, that you'd give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church today. Lord, most of all, most importantly tonight, Father, as as Brother Rodney touched on even this morning, God, if there be one here tonight, God, that just has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof, Father, in other words, they've never been born again, Father, they may have religion, they may have all the the walk down and the talk down, they may be able to quote verses, but Father, they've never come to the life-changing event of being born again. Father, I pray that tonight would be the night, God, that one of those very elect, God, would be pulled out, cleaned up, redeemed tonight. Father, those tonight, God, who are walking with you, serving you, Father, I pray that they would be encouraged tonight. Father, by your word, by the power of your word, I pray that they would be encouraged tonight, God, to stand and to walk in a way of holiness. Father, thank you tonight, God. Thank you for your word and your truth. Have your way in this place tonight. We're asking in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. If you would tonight, I've got a few verses of Scripture tonight that, that I want to share with you. We're going to start in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We're going to go to Romans. We're going to go to 1 Peter. We may take the scenic route all the way through. Just stay with me i got a whole bottle of water here, and I'm taking little sips. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll be as brief as I can, but I, I don't want to short anything that God wants done tonight, and I don't want to overextend anything that He doesn't want done tonight. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, got a few verses here I want to read. Let's just start at the beginning of the chapter. Hebrews chapter 12. Apostle Paul says, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a glad of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, For who the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord." "...nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, whereof all are partakers, whereof all are partakers... partakers, Then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have all had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father's spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But He, God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of His holiness." Remember that word. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed Follow peace with all men and holiness. There's that word again. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person. As Esau, remember that name. As Esau, who for one mor- morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he was for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to see a few key points in this in this text that we've read tonight. These few verses tonight. A few key thoughts as we start into this text. And I want you to realize tonight that only sons, only the children of God receive chastening of the Lord. Chastisement of the Lord is only for His children. What is the purpose of that? And we see in this to conform us to holiness. That we might be partakers of His holiness. So when chastisement comes into our lives as children of God, it is to conform us to the image of Christ as we see in verse 10. It is to conform us, as we see in verse 14, to holiness. You may say tonight, well, I don't really feel the chastisement of the Lord. Listen, if you can sin in your life, And you can live in a way and in a place where you know something is not right. And the chastisement of the Lord does not prick you when that happens. Something happens to say, you're off the path, son. Get back on the path. Amen. And you might need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Amen? Amen. If there's no chastisement there, God's Word is very plain. Paul was very plain about this. He said you're not His. You're not His. Because chastisement comes to every child of God. And it comes for the purpose to conform you to the image of Christ. Now let me explain something there. It's going to fight against your flesh. Because your flesh is broken and it is sinful and there is a sinful nature about you just like there is about me. And it's going to fight, it's going to war inside of you against the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God brings chastisement to you for something that your flesh wanted you to do. (coughs) The chastening of the Lord is only for the children of God. I'll show you something else here in just a minute about that. But The chastening of the Lord these people that say, "Well, oh, so and so got saved." Listen, it, it, when, when I stop and think about it, I, I know that God is sovereign and God is in control, and I got I got to pump the brakes on me every now and then. And just remind myself of that. That uh, God, I know you got it under control. But 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 at, at times, listen, I look around and it, and it scares me. It scares me because I look around the world today and I see all kinds of people. I don't know. God just just shown me a lot of stuff in the last eight months in my life. Probably shown me more in the last eight months than He la- has in the last thirty years. But I look around today and I see everybody says they're a Christian today. Most of them go to church. Most of them's neighbor on a roll in a church somewhere. But you let them get to work. Oh, you work with some of them, don't you? I do too. Greg does too. You work with some of them. Listen, they're they're good guys. They're good people. Do you realize, as Rodney said this morning, if if you're lost, you're going to hell. Do Do you really get that? My prayer is that everybody would just would get a a, a, a revelation. Of hell. Mm, And realize that there is a fire in that pit that will never be quenched. Mm, It will never be quenched. Where the worm dieth not. Where people would beg for death that this would end and it won't end. As a rich man Lift up his eyes in hell, begging for a, just a drop of water on his tongue. Nope, there's a great gulf fixed between here and there. He was told, "Well, send somebody to go tell my brothers. Let me go tell my brother. Send somebody." He said, "No, nope. they won't believe what's being preached at New Providence Church <laughs> on Sunday morning or Sunday night." Then they wouldn't believe if one came back from the dead and told them. That's somebody here tonight. Because everybody sitting here tonight, probably not going. If it ended right now, this instant, are you going? You're going somewhere. Which one is it, heaven or hell? I pray tonight that you just have a revelation of what hell is and what it looks like and what it smells like and how that there's no end to it. But most of all, the hell of hell is that there is no presence of God. There's no presence of God. Turn with me over to the book of Romans. I want you to see something here in the book of Romans chapter 9. I want to read a few verses to you here. Book of Romans chapter 9. And verse 10, it says, Not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children not being born yet, neither having done any good or evil. Listen to this. It's talking about her twins that were not even born yet. (coughs) And they haven't done good or evil. That the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Verse 12. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, verse 13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau I hated. Now I want you to see something here because we spoke of Esau there just a minute ago in verses 16 and 17 of Hebrews and how that he had found no place of repentance <clears throat> I want you to think about this here's a set of twins in their mother's womb and he says God had a plan the elect, the predestination the election before the foundation of the world before this set of twins was even born one was chosen and one wasn't man that just blows people's minds today not my word, argue with his argue with his word that the purpose of God might be fulfilled. And he said, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I hated. This is a set of twins. Kind of blows the concept out there today. That, well, just because they were raised in church and they got a lollipop in Bible school when they were five, they're going to heaven. He must be born again. I don't care what your lineage is. I don't care who your family is. I don't care if your daddy was a pastor. I don't care if your whole family was, was, was deacons and, and, and song leaders and, and church leaders. And None of that matters. Ye must be born again. You must be. Individually. I'm going to tell you it scares me it scares me. I get nervous about Bible school time. That's just me. Praise God. I know God can save. I know He can. Listen, I had a, I know a lady here a while back. She's got, I'll, I'll just give you an example. This is, this is an example, but it's a real example. They adopted this little boy. He's about two and a half now. Two and a half years old. Her husband's a preacher. She's a preacher wife. They adopted this little boy two and a half years old. She put on Facebook here about six months ago. Praise God, this little boy got saved. Amen. Really? At two and a half, he don't know chicken nuggets from a cheeseburger. I read that and said, "Chilled up my spine." Because what's going to happen now? Oh man! Huh? That rubbed some of you, didn't it? Good. Now I know God can save. Don't get I know God can do some miraculous things, but you need to get lost before you can get saved. Now what's gonna happen? Follow through with me on this. What's gonna happen? Oh, don't you worry about it, son. When you was two and a half, you prayed with mama that time. You're saved. scares me to death. That little boy's going to be sick through his whole life. Mama beating that in his head. He's saved. You got saved? No, we didn't. Boy, we don't like that, do we? We don't like that. Listen, salvation is the most important decision that any soul will ever make as they walk upon the face of this earth. It is more important than your career, than your marriage, than your children, than anything else you will ever make a decision on is salvation. And that is the reason that the Scripture tells us to search it out with fear and trembling. You be sure that you know, that you know, that you know where you are headed. Your heart will deceive you. It will lie to you. It is corrupt and it is wicked, Jeremiah teaches us. It will deceive you into salvation. And the devil will throw fuel on that fire all the days of your life. Don't you worry about it, brother. You're all right. You go to church, you're not as bad as they are. Amen. And the whole time that person is on their way to hell. Narrow is the path. Narrow is the path that leads unto life. Now, I want you to look at Jacob and Esau here. He said, Jacob, I have loved, but Esau, I hated. How does that play out? <laughs> oh, look at this. You realize that all through Esau's life, all the promises and all the blessings that, that God said for Esau, He fulfilled them. All the lineage and the land and everything that, that He ever said that Esau would inherit and have. Even though He said, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. But all the blessings were still in place for Esau. Let me, let me bust your bubble right here. Because I'm sick of that. Listen, I know I'm going to make people mad, but I'm at a point in my life, I don't care. I wouldn't give you a nickel for a triaxle dump truck load of Pentecostal theology. Amen. I got one. But it has permeated our society. It's permeated some of your minds too. Because you think the blessings of God... Are the proof of God's approval. Jacob, I loved, but Esau, I hated. But yet, the blessings of God were still on Esau. Ooh. How can that be? How can that be? The blessings of God were still there. Everything that God ever promised Esau, he got. Oh, listen, Jacob and Esau, I want you to notice that all of the blessings and promises to Esau were fulfilled. The difference between the two. The difference between Esau and Jacob. God never corrected Esau. You ever seen that? God never corrected Esau. He just went His way, did His thing. Oh, hard-headed hunter. Out there, listen, is not, stayed in there with Dad. Rebecca loved Jacob. God never corrected Esau, and Esau hated. I want you to think about that. If God does not correct you, He probably hates you. True. Woo! Oh no! But this limp-wristed liberalism. Listen, Christianity, we preach up like God's love. Rainbows and unicorns, and sprinkles. Huh. Huh. Brother, you need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Because that is not what it says. Oh, God loves the sinner, but he hates the sinner. I hate to bust you bubble on that one, too, but he's sending the sinner to hell, not the sin. That'd have been a good place for an amen. Hmm. Because I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. <laughs> mm. Jacob, I love, but Esau, I hated. He never corrected Esau. What did he do to Jacob? The one he loved. <laughs> he beat that boy, didn't he? <laughs> you remember when he, when he wrestled with him all night? I mean, it has been something for the WWE to put on pay-per-view. He come out with a limp. Wrestled with God. And that's the one that He loved. Let me ask you tonight. How long has it been since you wrestled with God? How long has it been since you wrestled with Him? Yeah. God, don't leave me. I've got to have your blessing. Mm-hmm. And you wrestle Him for it. That is the one that God loved. Oh, thank with me God. Jacob, I loved, but Esau, I hated. The blessings were still there on on Esau. Jacob, on the other hand, is the one that we find wrestling with God so much that he walked with a limp. Oh, listen tonight. We attribute the blessings of God In our world today, to God's approval, if God loves you, He'll bless you. <clears throat> That's some of that warped Pentecostal theology. I'll just call it what it is. Amen. It's warped. Yeah. And you be careful. You be careful, guys, who you listen to. You be careful who you who you take instruction and in teaching and preaching. You be careful. This world out there today. Oh, listen! Send me a thousand dollars if you want out of debt. All of this junk, all this TV. Listen, that stuff is garbage. Garbage. God ain't in it. It's a bunch of con artists. Amen. We look at Jacob, and so often today we think that the blessing. When we are favored of God, it's a cakewalk. There's no hardships. You got extra money in the bank. All your bills are a month ahead. You got extra money, got a new vehicle, got a big fine home, got fine clothes. Wife's got expensive purses. We think that's a blessing of God. Let me tell you a story. 2007, I was in India. God reminded me of this today. I hadn't thought about this fellow in a while. I sat there this afternoon just trying to gather my thoughts up, but I was, I was right outside of bubbly India when I was in a leper colony. Yes, they still exist. I was in a leper colony. We went in and we, we cooked food for them, had a big meal for these guys because nobody else will, will go in and, and, and do anything for them really. So, leprosy is a communal disease. You don't get it by going there one time. You get it by living there, by showering in a shower where they're at, or something like That's how you catch leprosy. But there was this guy in that, in that community. <coughs> I saw this guy coming in at first. We had some, some doctors with us. This guy was coming in, and he came into the clinic where we were at and had set up. I walked into the clinic. And they had this guy's foot propped up. I've got a picture of it if you want to see it. <laughs> okay, Because I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the guy walked in on this thing. It looked like you took a filet knife from, from the back of his toes all the way to his heel. Literally the length of his foot. And it was <coughs> laid open. I mean red meat. It was a leprosy. And he walked into the clinic on this thing. And he had some old bandages on it when he come in. They come in and the doctors who had with us, they put some medicine on it and re-bandaged it and, and got him got him bandaged up, and cleaned up there the best they could with what we had. He's on his way. He left our smile. But later that afternoon, we was cooking dinner for them in, in the colony. He goes, Let me tell you something. He didn't have any fingers. On either hand, the leprosy had eat his fingers off. He had a little bit of a thumb left. Now over there they don't have silverware. They eat with their fingers. That's all they got. They don't have silverware. Not plastic, not metal, not anything. They don't have silverware. But somewhere along the way, God had provided this old guy a spoon. This old nasty spoon. He just had a regular old spoon. And it would fit in that little crack right there and he could hold it with one little bit of a stump of a thumb that he had. And he'd hold that and that's what he could get food to his mouth with. (laughs) As we begin to serve the food Somebody there asked that man. That man. They asked him to ask a blessing for the food. You ain't never heard such prayer in your life. I don't know a word that he said, but I know who he was talking to. And I know that he knew who he was talking to. That man had a smile on his face. You can do. the joy of the Lord is the only way to describe that. His feet's about to fall off. His fingers already have. Sitting there, he don't have anything. You don't know what poor he is till you've been to India. You think that man was blessed of God? Hmm. Or is it the one that carries the Louis Vuitton purse and drives a $100,000 truck, lives in a million-dollar house, and doesn't truly know God? Jacob I have loved, but Esau I hated. Esau was never corrected. I want you to remember that. God never corrected Esau. Esau. Listen, the blessings of the Lord are not tied to the love of God. They're two separate things. And the blessings of the Lord are not the evidence of God's favor. Amen. You remember that? You ever studied on the apostles? Every one of them, save John died horrific deaths these are the men that walked with him that taught with him crucified some of them upside down hunted down beat to death fed the lions you listen, all through time and all through history bold and old John was couldn't kill him so send him off to Patmos get him out of here well, that doesn't fit in our, in our modern day belief system of the blessings of God and holiness and what that looks like. Oh, well, listen today. God is trying to conform us to a holy people. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 14. What is Holiness. Is it going to church three times a week? Is it singing in the choir? Is it playing an instrument? Is it preaching? Is it is it being a good deacon? Is it is it being this or being that or leading this or being involved or teaching or all these things or being able to memorize Scripture and, and quote the Bible and do all these things? No! You know, it's been said, you've probably heard this before, that... Integrity, as we talk about integrity, is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Amen. You know, holiness is a lot like that. But it's a lot more important. But if you've got holiness, you'll have integrity to go with it. But not necessarily vice versa. I know a lot of people who have a lot of integrity but no holiness. Holiness at the end of it, when it comes down to it, is really just the condition of your heart. Who you are when nobody is watching. Your walk with the Lord in the dark. Your walk with the Lord on Tuesday. Listen, everybody comes to church on on Sunday. Listen, they put on their Sunday best and and, and they walk the walk and they talk the talk and and we use a lot of these and thous on Sunday. But what about, like I mentioned a while ago, those guys you work with, they, they go to church. They didn't get to work on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Thursday morning. Some stuff that happens, some of the stuff that is said, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths, some of their actions, but even more than that, the attitude of their heart. Because they might be able to control their tongue, but how holy is their walk? And that depends on how close they walk with the Lord. So I ask you tonight, how close do you walk? I mean, really, how close do you walk? See, you can fool me. You can fool everybody here. But what are the desires of your heart? What do you want? Are you still in love with the world? Are you? Are you still in love with the world? Oh, man. all down for your king? Amen. Would you walk away from all of it for your king? Would you walk away from people and and money and, and, and all the things that the world has to offer? All the friendships and relationships and all those things. Would you be willing to walk away from all of it for your king? Jacob of love and Esau of hated. That word, it it always jumps out at me when I come across it in Scripture. In Luke 14, you'll find that word again. That word hated, or hate. In Luke 14, the Lord Himself said that if any man come unto me and he hate not, his father, his mother, his brother, his sister, yea, even his own wife also. What does it say? He cannot be my disciple. Are you guys hearing me? If any man come unto me and he hate not his own family or himself, his mother, his sister, his children, his, his wife, that word in Luke 14 and this, Hate here where I've hated Esau. They're both derived from the same Greek word. And the word the, the 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 original word is miso or misos. And it means to love less. That's the reason it was translated to hate. If anybody come unto me and he doesn't love me, it's Luke 14. If anybody come unto me and he doesn't love me, the Lord said, if he doesn't love me more. Then he loves his mother, his father, his family, his children, even his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Now, let me ask you again where are you at tonight? God helps. Where are you at? Who do you love? Who do you love more? Man, it isn't popular, is it? It isn't popular. We don't like hearing that. Book of 1 Peter. Got a few verses here I want you to see. Book of 1 Peter, chapter 1. I'm almost done, guys. Hang in there. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. He said, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. There it is again, conforming us to the image of our Savior, conforming us to Christ, to to push our lives, to push us into a mold that makes us look like Christ. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father who without respect of persons, judgeth according to every man's work. Oh man, we need to hear that. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your soldiering here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, hallelujah, with the precious blood of Christ, as the Lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained, there's that word again, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. We've been redeemed to seek after and live in holiness. Holiness. Thank God for grace. Because I don't want you to get the wrong impression either. Like I'm standing up here like I've got this all figured out. Because I don't. Thank God for grace. But grace is not a blank check. Listen, to not put my best foot forward and pursue after holiness in my life and in my walk to do what I know I need to do. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to Him it is sin. Oh, listen tonight! We've been redeemed to seek after and live in holiness. In verse 13, He says to be sober. In verse 14, He says to be obedient. In verse 14, He said don't lust after this world. In verse 15, He said be holy. Be holy. Be sober. Be obedient. What is the Lord wanting you to do? Obedience. Listen, the Scripture says that obedience is far better than sacrifice. But sacrifice is easier, isn't it? It's easier to come up and to give from your wallet until it hurts. It's easier to sacrifice Sunday morning and Sunday night, even Wednesday night. It's easier to sacrifice that time and to come to God. It's easier to sacrifice, to study, to prepare. It's easier to sacrifice than it is to be obedient. Amen. But God said obedience is far better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. God's looking for obedience starting with you tonight. Mm. <laughs> Are you obedient? Again, you don't have to answer me because you might lie to me because you're worried about what I think. You're worried about what the people around you think. You're worried about what the people in your Sunday school class thinks. You're worried about what the people in the pew beside of you think. Because you've got an image that you've built up and portrayed to everybody here. That, the man, you've got it going on. You and God, man, we're like this. <clears throat> Let me ask you something. How obedient are you? When God says, I want you to stand still at work. Because those men are going to beat on you. They're going to beat on you verbally. He said, Ronnie, they're going to hate you without cause. Because they first hated me. They're going to hate you. If you're doing it right, they're going to hate you without cause. They're going to hate you, man. For no reason. If you're walking in holiness and walking with God, I'm not talking about a bunch of religious garbage, just keeping a bunch of rules. I'm talking about walking in true holiness, in fellowship with God. There's going to be something that is different about you. And they will hate you for it. (coughs) Oh man, we don't like that because we all want to be popular, don't we? We all want to be loved. We all want to be in the, in the circle. If they hated my Savior, they're going to hate me too. That's right. <laughs> Come on, get us a song, brother. I want to touch on this just right quick. Verse 17, 1 Peter. Just a quick mention here. Scripture teaches us here that God judges according to every man's work. bro. Well, that's hard to hide. <laughs> matter of fact, you can't hide it. Not from God. But God judges according to every man's work. Oh, listen. <laughs> Verse 20. Again, God had this all planned out before the foundation of the world. Jesus was there because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was there in the beginning. The Trinity was there intact, full, fully operational. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit moved upon the waters. They were all there in the beginning. From eternity past, they were all there. But he said, Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. Rodney, before we was born, brother God already had a plan. He already knew Rodney Mason's name. He knew you was coming. He looked down through the scope of time. He saw you. He saw me. He said, I want that one. He saw me. He said, I want that one. Before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus already had a plan. He was coming. That's what it says right here. He already had a plan. He had a plan for you. He had a plan for me. And guys, let me tell you something tonight. For some of you, for one of you tonight, that plan was tonight. That plan was tonight. It's time to quit playing church. It's time to quit playing Christian. Listen, you can have this whole place fooled. What have you won? What have you won? Nothing. Nothing. Well, you get get a coffee cup and a t-shirt, be a church member of the year or something, what? (laughs) Brother, I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about life-changing, earth-shattering stuff. I'm talking about being born again. I'm talking about all things becoming new. I'm talking about God opening your eyes to see things in a whole new light. 2 <laughs> Peter. 2 Peter. I'm going to read you a verse over here. You can turn if you want to. If not, that's okay too. 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 10, a couple of verses right here. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, where in the heavens... Being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to the promise, nevertheless, we according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. that you see around you this building included is going to melt with fervent heat the place where you work it's going to melt that new car that you want so bad it's going to melt ladies that Louis Vuitton that Michael Kors purse it's going to melt now with these things in mind what manner of persons ought you to be. The only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is where you stand with God. Right. Amen. Let me ask you tonight, some of you have done a good job of putting on a mask. You put it on there every time you come to church. Every day you get up. <laughs> what are you going to do? The day's coming. It could come before the sun sets tonight. It could. Stand with me as we say. If you need to move, the altar's open. And I'll promise you God's open.